Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. Uh, I'm going to uh, take a phone call here from Clay here in just a minute, uh, and then I'm going to start talking. I, I I gave basically the rest of the show today over to callers, and I, I got some stuff I do want to say and do want to talk about. Um, at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be on WSB Radio locally with callers in the metro Atlanta area. Uh, taking your phone calls then. So if you're in the area, you can call in three to four as well. I'll be there with you. Um, right now, though, 877-973-7425 is this phone number. And um, I want to go, before I move on to anything else, I want to go to Clay. Clay, thank you very much for being patient with me. Eric, how's it going? Good. Good. I got two questions. So you mentioned the penumbra. Can you kind of elaborate on that, you know, what other guarantees today has that been used in other court cases? You know, maybe Oberfell, Griswold. Do you see, how do you see conservatism, you know, moving forward? Do you think, you know, they're going to leave that as a state issue or do you think we're going to push for a federal ban? You know, is there going to be a real push on gay marriage, et cetera? You know, how does that, you know, work? No, I, I don't think so. Um, that's such a great question. There's actually uh, Alito in his final opinion. And by the way, this was not in the initial draft, but it was in the final opinion says that uh, this specific decision applies to abortion. It doesn't apply to those others. And, for example, uh, let's take marriage in Obergefell, gay marriage. Uh, what Alito says and what is echoed by um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh in his concurrence is that there's always been a marriage right in the penumbra. Um, we, we know marriage wasn't in the Constitution, but it, it's clearly it was a right that existed before the Constitution. It's not like George Washington and, and his wife had to remarry when the Constitution was founded. Uh, their marriage was recognized, and uh, marriage has evolved in our understanding over time at a, at a legal level to be from a man and a woman to a same-sex couple, but that doesn't fundamentally change what marriage is, a union between two people. Uh, so that won't change. Uh, the left is throwing out the wild card of an interracial marriage. Well, the, again, uh, Obergefeld is premised on uh, the Loving v. Virginia case, and the Loving v. Virginia case has been marriage was a preexisting right. It used to not be widely recognized in this country that marriage was between people of different races, but it had been fairly universally accepted worldwide. Uh, by the 1960s, except in this country. And so it was just a natural evolution of a pre-existing right. That's what makes the abortion right, quote unquote right, so unique is that it's not a right in the history of this country, nor is it comparable to a right that has evolved over time in this country, unlike those other rights. Additionally, on the interracial marriage thing, you would have to get through Clarence Thomas, who is in an interracial marriage, uh, to get that done. So it, what are in the penumbra then? Uh, well, for example, there was well settled by the time of the country's founding a right to travel. You couldn't be impeded from your right to travel. Uh, a right to own property is a right that is not explicit in the Constitution, but we all know is there based on pattern and practice prior to the Constitution. You did not have to, after the founding of the country, rebuy your property. A right to marriage is there. Um, th those things. Um, a right to abortion was very unique because up until 1973 in this country, there never had been a right to an abortion in any state, and pretty much every state banned it. And every single state prohibited it at the adoption of the 14th Amendment. 
uh, which is what was used to say there had always been a right. It, it's fundamentally different from all those other rights that are extrapolated from the Constitution. And essentially, to understand what was or was not a right, you've got to ask yourself, what was the, what was the situation in the country at the founding of the Constitution or at the adoption of the 14th Amendment? Well, were you impeded from traveling state to state? No. Well, therefore, you can conclude travel was a right. Were you prohibited from marriage? No. Therefore, you can conclude marriage was a right. Uh, were you prohibited from an abortion? Yes. Therefore, you can conclude no one thought it was a right. Um, so you got to think about it in that way. We're, we're really not just getting into originalism with both this case and the uh Bruin case yesterday on guns, it's also you got to figure out what was the situation when the country was founded to, to what was the law like um, and, and how does the law evolve from there. So, for example, in the Bruin case, a lot of progressives came out yesterday and said, well, I guess we got to go back to muskets then because bullets weren't a thing back then. Well, no, we have evolved the Constitution on those issues. So, for example, uh, radio and television did not exist when the First Amendment was written, but we apply the First Amendment to them, the evolution of communications in society, uh, the Constitution does evolve in those ways to accommodate those things. It just does not evolve in ways to accommodate things that are not natural in the evolution of society. All right. Now, I've got to move on. Related, but moving on, because I've been wanting to say this. I want to be, I, I I admit I've been a little bit trollish on social media today, rubbing salt in wounds. I, I But I, I want to be reasonable and civil here, and some of you won't like it anyway. In the last 40 years, the conservative movement has been really open and transparent about what it was going to do. Roe versus Wade caused a backlash and that backlash has been sustained for 40 years and the conservative movement is now won. but it didn't win in a vacuum it could not have won in a vacuum it required conservatives as a whole to exercise power and votes at local and state levels to change legislatures to change governors to change presidencies to change congresses for a very long time in this country, there was a bias towards the Democrats in the Electoral College. That bias has now shifted to the right. It's not a coincidence that you're only now hearing about how illegitimate the Senate is and how illegitimate the Electoral College is and how illegitimate the Supreme Court is now that they don't work to the Democrats' advantages. Over the last 40 years, as Republicans and conservatives have been building a conservative legal movement and an intellectual movement to tear down Roe v. Wade, the Democrats and the progressives have been embedding themselves within the media and within cultural organizations that, that set the tastes of the country and within the academy. They've been talking to themselves, and as Republicans and conservatives have had to learn to talk in a way to get the broadest possible reach to build a coalition that could move the Senate and the Electoral College in their direction, the Democrats during the same period have become more and more insulated and more and more unable to talk to, relate to, or understand people who disagree with them. And it all came to a head today 
with Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health. For 40 years, conservatives have been taking over the Republican Party. One could not get elected in the Republican Party at the national level without being pro-life. One could become president of the United States as a Republican and lose it all by not putting pro-lifers on the bench. And conservatives were burned by Souter and Anthony Kennedy and Sandra Day O'Connor in many respects, who lean to the right, but not enough to get rid of Roe. The David Souter appointment by George H.W. Bush was a defining moment orchestrated by John Sununu, who assured George H.W. Bush he would be right on life, and he became one of the most reliable liberals on the Supreme Court. So conservatives plugged away. In 2016, Donald Trump got elected. I didn't vote for the guy. I didn't think he would be really a conservative. He had been a pro-abortion advocate and a supporter of Planned Parenthood and even praised them on the campaign trail in 2016. And turns out Donald Trump is definitionally the most pro-life president America has ever gotten. I'm glad to be wrong on that point, and I'm glad he won because we wouldn't have gotten today but for Trump winning in 2016. It would have eventually come, but it came sooner than a lot of us expected. I saw 2016 as a great setback. I just knew Clinton would win. Little did I realize that Americans actually shared my loathing for her. I assumed I was the anomaly and most Americans would put up with her. But nope, nope, most Americans hated her just as much as I did. Rejected her for Donald Trump, a man I didn't much care for, but who was great president. But we've been very open and honest about this the whole time. But along the way, as conservatives have had to broaden their arguments, to broaden their reach, to broaden their coalition, to expand their vote, Democrats have done the exact opposite. They've taken over the PR shops of major corporations. They've taken over the academy. They've taken over TV networks and newsrooms across America. And then they began talking to themselves. And because while they were doing this, they were also increasingly isolating themselves in urban enclaves uh, and coastal palaces, they lost touch with everyone else. And by losing touch with everyone else, they forgot how to relate. Now they're left with angry voices on MSNBC who are telling you during tough economic times that you should shut up, it's actually uh, better than you think and, and you can go buy a battery powered car. They're telling women who can't find formula, well, why aren't you breastfeeding you selfish woman? Many women can't breastfeed. They've lost the ability to talk to anyone else, to relate to anyone else, to empathize with other people. They're in a bubble. There have been repeated surveys from Pew and from Gallup and from Ipsos and others that show a conservative is far more likely to know and be friends with a progressive than a progressive is to be friends with and know conservatives. Conservatives are far more able to articulate reasonably, honestly, and with charity the arguments of the left than the left can for the right. I can tell you why the left supports abortion rights, and if anyone on the left tries, they immediately descend into, well, Republicans just want to control women's bodies, which isn't true. They don't understand the arguments. They can't relate. They don't empathize. They don't sympathize. They don't know the people. This will change, of course. Events change things, and there's no such thing as permanence in American politics. But if you're on the left, 
uh, you would do well to realize that those of us on the right, we're not your enemy. We're just your opponent. You would do well to realize we're not out to get you. We've been very open and transparent about what we wanted. We wanted Roe v. Wade ended and the issue returned to the states. And you would do well to realize that you have to build a coalition outside of like-minded people in order to win, which is what conservatives have done. It is not a coincidence, as I said, that for the decades where there was an electoral college and Senate imbalance in favor of the Democrats, you never heard anyone complain about the illegitimacy of those institutions. It was never in the media. The moment both started working against the Democrats, suddenly it's nonstop bellyaching about how the Senate needs to go and the Electoral College needs to go because they're impediments to democracy. You never heard bellyaching about the Supreme Court until it was too late for them and the Supreme Court was decidedly a conservative majority. They were perfectly fine with the Supreme Court. What's really going on here is that over time, Democrats embedded themselves in institutions of power in this country. And while the conservatives could make inroads and win elections, they still had the left still had the court. And now, though, the institutions that are most permanent in this country are controlled by conservatives, the courts. And the Democrats know what's coming in the legislature, and they don't control most of the states in this country anymore. For the longest time, Democrats controlled almost everything. And so the reactions we're seeing, the violence we're seeing, the hysteria we're seeing, and the rage we're seeing has a lot to do with Democrats finally recognizing that after 40 years, they're out of power. And hell is coming for them in November because they botched the economy. And there's not a lot they can do to stop it. They can hope Roe v. Wade will help them stop it, but it won't. And so what we're seeing is a profound reaction to a group of people who have become so insulated and told themselves they were it, they were the majority, they were the future, the arc of history been in their direction, are now realizing that in the real world, the arc of history been against them. And the people turned against them. And the democratic institutions and the Republican institutions all turned against them. And so they can control the academy and they can control the airwaves, and they can control the editorial pages, and they can control the Fortune 500. But the people have moved on from them, and those they can't control. If they want to get back to power, they need to learn, again, the skills of empathizing and relating to people who don't share their views and find a way to build a coalition with people who aren't like them. If they get those skills quickly, they'll come back to power. If not... They're going to wander in the wilderness, as Republicans did for a very long time. It took 40 years for Republicans to get back the House and the Senate. Not only have they gotten back the House and the Senate and won the presidency more in the last 40 years than the Democrats, they've now taken over the Supreme Court because they were patient and they learned to communicate with people who didn't necessarily agree with them, and they learned to show those people that they are not each other's enemies. Progressives, you could actually learn from us. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. More importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do 
the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, You can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, they've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Hi there. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Happening right now, uh, Sarah McCammon from NPR reporting sources in Louisiana, Kentucky, Texas, and Missouri say uh, abortion clinics are all halting abortions immediately. In response to the Dobbs decision, Planned Parenthood has advised uh, its facilities in Arkansas to stop performing abortions immediately. Uh, In those states, uh, laws were on the books already that said if Roe v. Wade is ever overturned, um, abortions will be prohibited. Uh, Oklahoma uh, was already shut down, as was Texas, because of lawsuits in those states. I suspect the next front we're going to see is corporations uh, altering their insurance policies to cover the costs for employees to travel out of state uh, to have abortions if they live in states where abortion is banned. Uh, But the reality for all of this is that it's not going to change a whole lot. In fact, it's very ghoulish, but very predictable that if they do that, you're going to start having this this subcurrent of thought that you want a vacation, you want an all-expense-paid vacation, get pregnant, your company will pay for you to go somewhere to have an abortion, but you get a vacation along the way. Uh, You know that sort of thinking is going to creep up. There's a level of ghoulishness that has come out of the abortion movement in the past number of years from being safe, legal, and rare to abortion on demand. It's, it's, it, it's been just not a good situation. Um, I'm just, I, it's, it's not good to the, the level of rage out there on the left. Um, it's not healthy as the president said, protest, uh, but don't be violent. We got to shift gears. We got other news we've got to talk about. Um, I'm still happy to take your phone calls, 877-973-7425. But also, uh, when we come back, um, I, I, there, there's still there's a ton of other news beyond this Supreme Court case. And I will be on WSB at 3 o'clock to keep talking about this. So I want to talk about other national news that's out there. There's so much of it, uh, again, that's pretty dominant. Um, this is overshadowing it. Ukraine, it looks like the Eastern Front is collapsing. I'm a longtime customer of Bowling Branch. I love their sheets. I sleep very comfortably, very coolly underneath them. I don't like to get hot when I sleep. They're very, very breathable. They're very, very soft, and they get softer with every wash as well. Bowling Branch sheets, they're not just buttery, breathably, and possibly comfortable and softer with every wash. You don't even have to worry about the thread count there because they use the best threads possible, and you can tell by the quality of the sheets. I highly recommend you get some. 
My wife and I, you know, she heard the ads on other shows. She doesn't listen to my podcast and she wanted them. And then we got some and we've fallen in love with them. We've got them on a lot of the beds in our house. They use the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness and a better night's sleep. They're so luxurious. They're beloved by three American presidents and they got over 10,000 reviews all of which are fantastic reviews. And right now you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bolandbranch.com. That's bolandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. Uh, the phone number, 877-973-7425. Believe it or not... There's actually other news out there beyond this. Uh, Real quick, I need to tell you that things are not going well on the Eastern Front for the Ukrainians. They are beginning to retreat. The Russians are encircling them. The United States is promising more weapons, uh, up to a billion more dollars worth of weapons. Now, it's a loan program where they will have to pay us back the money for the weapons, uh, buy them from us, essentially, in a payment plan. But uh, we will be sending more there. Um, the other issue is the Senate has passed the, um, gun control bill and it's going to head now to the, uh, United States house of representatives. And in so doing the house is expected to pass it. There's not much wiggle room for the house of representatives on the matter because, uh, it's such a negotiated bill in the U.S. Senate, they can't really change a ton to it without disrupting the compromise in the United States Senate. Now, uh, there is one other issue in passing that I need to talk about related to um, the Dobbs situation. Um, And that is the violence. I am worried that there will be violence in the country related to the Dobbs decision. If you're willing to see a child as not a child and increasingly willing to see your opponent as your enemy, it's not a far step removed to then consider them evil and want to exterminate the evil. The Catholic Church uh, is heeding a federal law enforcement warning that radical groups calling for extreme violence against churches nationwide, uh, may be planning something. Uh, A night of rage has been called by a pro-activist group called Jane's Revenge. The Department of Homeland Security has met with Catholic leaders in the country, uh, urging them to be cautious over the next week uh, as uh, tempers flare regarding abortion. And it is a concern I have, um, but it's actually a broader concern I have. I am increasingly concerned with people on both sides of the aisle, and I have friends who do this too, who use the word evil to describe people they don't like. Evil is the absence of God. And if you are saying that someone you dislike for politics is evil, you're saying that person doesn't have God uh, based on the political positions they take that you disagree with, which means you're dragging God into politics. And inevitably, when we do this, more often than not, what we're doing is we're taking our idols 
and declaring our idols to be the risen Lord and our idols compete with our opponent's idols and therefore our opponents are evil. Um, Both sides do this. This is not something the left does to the right or the right does to the left. It's what the right and the left are doing to each other these days. And increasingly in politics, we're seeing people on the right do it to people on the right and people on the left do it to people on the left. Uh, If uh, you're in a coalition of people who are all purportedly on the same side, but you've decided that someone isn't on your side because of this one thing. And that's not healthy for the discourse in this country. And in large part, we're there because we are increasingly online. It's far easier for you to declare someone you do not know but have interacted with on the Internet to be evil than it is for you to declare someone evil who you've met face-to-face. And in our isolation, in our bubbles, in our tribalism, uh, we're headed towards calamity in this country and violence because each side has decided the other is evil. Because we've decided people who agree with us on 80% of things, but not on the 20% that's most important to us, they must be evil for not agreeing with us or seeing things eye to eye. Uh, I have seen, for example, uh, Tim Keller being attacked by a number of Christian conservative activists who are very online because he has uh, suggested that there are people who can be Christians who could vote Democrat. I actually agree with him on that. I don't think you necessarily should, but I think it's possible. I know a lot of people who are who are committed Christians who believe Jesus is their Lord and Savior, who are sinners and vote Democrat because uh, they see angry Republicans who they don't like and they don't agree with everything in the Democratic Party, uh, but they're surrounded with people who are Democrats who seem kind and they see a bunch of Republicans who look like uh, brain biblical donkeys and they want nothing to do with them. And the fact that I have friends on the right who can't fathom that suggests my friends who can't fathom that live in a bubble where they can't relate to people who don't see the world just like them. Yeah, look, I I think the Democratic Party increasingly is the party of rich white Karens who are secular and godless. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan, but I've got some good friends of mine who are in the Democratic Party. And I know where their heart is for the Lord, and it pains them to see the direction of the Democratic Party, but they're not going to give up on the Democratic Party, uh, just as I have friends in the Republican Party who it pains them to see the direction of the Republican Party, but they're not giving up on the Republican Party. Uh, and they don't consider their, their fellow tribesmen to be evil, but increasingly their fellow tribesmen see them as evil because they don't go along for the march. And that leads me back to the violence we're probably going to see. And I hate to say we're probably going to see violence uh, because of the Dobbs decision, but we probably are uh, from a lot of people within the group think of the left who um, view this as some sort of existential crisis against them and their right when it's simply not. It is one Supreme Court decision and it undoes one ruling from 50 years ago. And I do think that people should possess a level of self-awareness and self-reflection to wonder what it was about that case 50 years ago that inspired an entire legal movement to take shape. Because outside of Plessy versus Ferguson driving a civil rights movement that led to Brown versus Board of Education, I can't think of another Supreme Court case that inspired a movement to take form and shape and move. 
And perhaps they should wonder if they really all are on the right side of history with Roe v. Wade, particularly in the structure of the Constitution. I'm worried about the violence. I'm increasingly worried about a group of people in this country on both sides who see their opponents as enemies and don't want to make time for or have friends with people uh, on the other side of the aisle. I consider myself a more well-rounded person for having friends with whom I disagree politically. I do. I don't agree with them, but we don't talk politics. It forces us to find common ground on issues where we can see eye to eye. Now, there are some people I can tell you I've tried to be friends with and, and just can't. That we just, we, we don't, we don't think we, we don't see eye to eye. I've got friends on my own side. Well, I shouldn't say friends. I've got people I know on my own side who I'm like that with. I just think every single thing's got to be a fight for them. And and I just, I don't want to spend my entire time feeling like I got to fight everything all the time. Life is too short. I want to be able to enjoy it. And some people only seem to be willing to enjoy it when they are uh, poop posting on Twitter, trolling everyone and being angry all the time. And listen, I, I, I will do that on Twitter just to tweak people. I've done it today. But it's not my entire life in existence. There are those on the left who would like me to be defined by my lowest moments on social media or the things I say that they don't like. It's kind of funny. Uh, I, I, I noted earlier today that, you know, we should be thanking Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg decided to stay until she could not stay. And she lasted so long. Donald Trump became president. She could not last through him. And she died in office. And had she not done that, Amy Coney Barrett would not have been appointed. Uh, we would not have gotten the Dobbs decision today, but for Ruth Bader Ginsburg's sacrifice. We would not have gotten the decision today, except for Harry Reid deciding to abolish the filibuster for Supreme Court justices or for, for ju judges in general. But for Harry Reid and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we would not have gotten the Dobbs decision. And in pointing that out, I have enraged a bunch of Democrats. But I stand by it. It's true. Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Harry Reid deserve a monument funded by the pro-life movement, thanking them for their sacrifices to make this happen. If that enrages you, be mad at them. Don't be mad at me. Reid's the one who got rid of the filibuster for nominations. Ginsburg is the one who was given plenty of opportunity and lots of pressure to resign under Obama, and she refused. She thought she could outlast everyone. Hubris got the best of her. And the result is we got an end to Roe v. Wade. That's just history, history in the making. Don't be mad at me for pointing it out. But the fact of the matter is some people are enraged by that. They're furious with me pointing that out, and all I'm doing is noting the history of it. Maybe I'm tweaking them a little bit, but man, I mean, people have lost their sense of humor. Now, I understand people being very upset about this. I'm, I'm sure there are people in newsrooms across America crying about this decision, lamenting the decision. But at the end of the day, not a whole lot is going to change. At the end of the day, what's going to happen is you will have to make arguments at the state level. And at the end of the day, maybe those arguments will work. But you got to try and see first. Along the way, you will be well helped if you stop thinking everyone who disagrees with you is your enemy. Now, I want to shift gears a little bit here because we do need to talk about the state of politics in the country. I actually don't think um, that this issue is going to impact the election as much as some think it will. I really don't think it will. Uh, and what I find notable is Democrats are paying attention to Gavin Newsom. 
Democrats are not very happy that Gavin Newsom is popping up and appears to be taking on Joe Biden. Now, he says he's not, but they always say they're not going to. They always say, I'm not doing this. Uh, he, he, he's he gone on the stage and he's attacked Democrats for not being aggressive enough to stand uh, in favor of Roe v. Wade. And he's gotten uh, some eyebrows raised by subtly criticizing Joe Biden after Joe Biden came and campaigned for him during the recall. The problem here is the Democrats... They've gone so far left, and this is the thing I don't think they understand. Uh, to get through a Democratic Party, you've got to run so far to the left, it's very hard to run back to the center. It's one of the things I actually think is commendable about Stacey Abrams, even though I think it does her in. Stacey Abrams, when she ran for governor in Georgia in 2018, said she wasn't going to be one of those people who ran to the left for the primary and ran to the center for the general. She was just going to stay on the left and try to explain to people why left-wing policies would benefit them. Now, it, it did her in. It's going to be worse for her this time, but at least she was honest about it. Uh, both parties, ever since Richard Nixon, really, uh, there, there's been this idea you got to run to the outer edges of your party and then run back to the center to get elected. Increasingly, we're having people say, this is who I am. Uh, vote for me. My policies will help you. And Gavin Newsom is one of those people. The problem is I don't think the timing is right for the Democrats in this right now. I don't think the timing is going to help the Democrats. I do think there are going to be a flurry of polls that come out that are designed to suggest that uh, this Dobbs decision helps the Democrats, but I don't think it lasts. I don't know that it'll be real. And the reason I don't think it will last is because I really don't think that uh, people are going to care much about it because it doesn't impact them. What really will impact them will be inflation, and inflation is not going away. Uh, what's going to impact them are gas prices, and gas prices are going to come down some, but not much. And grocery prices, all of the inflation, all of this is going to hurt them very badly. All of this is going to be an anchor on the Democrats, much more so. Now, Republicans may lose Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz is not a good candidate, and Donald Trump will get some of the blame for that. But my goodness gracious, um, I just don't think the Dobbs decision is going to destroy the Republicans. If anything, uh, I've done enough research on the polling of abortion to know that it's very muddied. A lot of people say they don't want it to be ended, and a lot of people who say they don't want it to be ended also want to put enough restrictions on place to make it all but impossible to sustain the abortion movement of the country. People are very conflicted on it. So I would be very careful how you read the polls into this. Now, I got to read you something else, and that is the incredible deal from Eden Pure, and it's Thunderstorm. You can get three of them right now. Clean the air. After all the stuff we've talked about today, you might as well want to clean the air. Uh, if you go to EdenPureDeals.com and you put Eric3 in, as a discount code, you'll see the offer from Eden Pure. It's an air purifier, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can hold it in your hand. You can plug it into the wall. You can also use a USB cord to power it. So you can plug it in your car, for example, where I've used mine in rental cars. I keep one in my suitcase because it really does eliminate odors. Yes, it gets rid of the dust. It gets rid of the mildew. It gets rid of the pollen. It gets rid of all that. But it eliminates odors. So if you have a stinky car, a stinky hotel room, a stinky, well, for example, my kitchen, after I fried something, you plug in the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and it just destroys the odors. It does not mask them. It eliminates them. And you can get three of them right now for less than $200. So you can run one upstairs, one downstairs, one in your basement or your car, or your RV, take it in your, keep it in your hotel room, suitcase, whatever. Uh, you get three of them with the discount code ERIC3 at EdenPureDeals.com. 
EdenPureDeals.com is the website. The discount code is ERIC3. You get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than 200 bucks. You're saving 200 bucks and you get free shipping. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is Eric Erickson. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this year program, delighted to have you with me. Uh, if you're on WSB in Atlanta, just stick around. I will be with you instead of Sean Hannity in the three o'clock hour, uh, taking your phone calls and answering your questions about the situation uh, with uh, the Dobbs case. Um People are coming unhinged and unglued about this today. Uh, they they really are. Uh, Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, says he would like to see a 15-week ban in his state, which is actually uh, popular. About 65% of Americans say that they are okay with a 15-week abortion ban. It's it's um, That seems to be the issue there. Now, a lot of people are focusing on Justice Thomas's concurrence saying that the Supreme Court should reconsider contraception, same-sex marriage, and other cases, except the, the decision made very clear there aren't the votes in the Supreme Court to do this. And I don't think you're going to see the Supreme Court in the next decade or more ever take a case to undo gay marriage or contraception or anything like that. Um, there will be a lot of hysteria out there. I just don't think uh, you're going to see any sort of... Um, any sort of big effort there. Now, um, I, I, I gotta I gotta move on uh, because I do think you need to also be aware of the fact that the FDA has told told Juul to cease its e-cigarette sales. Um, it's got to stop selling all of its vapes. It's the biggest player in the e-cigarette movement. Uh, I suspect what you're going to see is a lot of um, these companies that have done uh, cigarette alternatives are going to go back to cigarettes now. Uh, and they're going to start pushing that. A lot of people, I know a number of people who uh, kicked the cigarette habit by moving to vapes. And now the FDA is coming for them. I'm not sure that's a wise idea. Also, the CDC uh, has unanimously recommended the COVID vaccine for kids 6 to 17. Uh, listen, I know there's a big question about toddlers out there. I don't think you need to give your toddler the COVID vaccine. If you want it for yourself or your teenagers want it, go for it. I, I, given the data, your kid is not going to get very sick more likely than not, unless they're deeply unhealthy. And in that case, you may need to get it. I can't believe we're still having this, this uh, conversation on the COVID vaccine and COVID right now, but COVID is on the rise around the nation. There actually is a new big outbreak of a new variant, and the indifference of a lot of people out there is actually having some degree its um, spread. That being said, if you get it, you get it, and you're probably more likely they're not going to be okay. Hospitals are not being overwhelmed. Uh, it's more like the seasonal cold or the seasonal flu at this point, and so I wouldn't be freaked out by it. I know a number of people in the last number of weeks who have gotten it. Uh, I have still never gotten it. I, I expect I will at some point. It's not like I'm lowering precautions or stuff, but I'm not going around with a mask and gloves on. Uh, and I don't think you should either. It's not healthy for that mindset to invade your life. You guys have a great weekend. I'm switching over to WSB right now.